Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, sir, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good, well, afternoon. As I look out at the grey light, and it's like daylight, only it's grey. Something we get a lot here on the Atlantic coast. And welcome to Gatecast episode 111. All right, everybody. I've got a day off, and we're recording in the afternoon. How decadent. Day off? You've got a ruddy week off. I've got a day off. No, I've got four days off. That's not a week. It's close enough. I had to go into work yesterday. It was terrible having to go to bed Sunday night, knowing I've got the rest of the week off. (laughs) (laughs) I only had four days of me and holiday entitlement left, so that's all I could have. I felt so ill on Saturday following a severe session and a hangout. Well, the thing is, I ignored my personal bell. When I'm drinking, I have a little bell which goes off my head and says, you're drunk enough, stop now. Which resulted in me feeling ill for three days and not consuming alcohol at all since Friday. (laughs) Who knew? GWC, bad for your health. (laughs) Anyway, the line, uh, non-blurry, is suitably cocked. Apologies. Oh, yes, uh, the delay was caused by the fact that I hadn't bothered to... I didn't realise how slowly my FTP site gives out data. Although my pipe is capable of accepting it at 700 kilobytes a second, it was only giving it at 100, which meant it took an hour and a half to get the ruddy episode. Yes, Alan complained about the quality of the video he watched last week. It's almost as if he, he paid for it. <laughs> Did you? It got ripped from my retail DVD, so that would be a yes. Oh. Mine were up for somebody else's retail DVD. So somebody paid for it somewhere along the line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that argument will work in uh, any court in the land. <laughs> Lucky we're not in the land, we're in the wild and woolly internet. Wake up, go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog. Adriana made me a gate. A gate? It's only about seven inches across, but it's got the chevrons, it's got the sounds. Oh, a stargate. Yes. I suppose in context of the Orson Scott Card book I'm listening to, I can understand your confusion. No idea what you're listening to. It's called The Lost Gate. It's about a gate mage. Instantaneous travel between point A and point X, including the sort of fantasy realm with magic operating properly is uh, just another planet, another solar system. Hmm. Apparently I can't spell dyslexic. (laughs) It is a hard word to spell. Come in. Hmm? Sorry, I heard you. Oh, there's a bloody fly. The fly should not be dead, it's November. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I saved this to my desktop so I could find it easily. And you can go away. And we have tweeted. Oh, that's slightly disturbing. Oh, shall we commence? <laughs> yeah, if we, if we really want to uh, upset our listeners, I'll leave that in. <laughs> oh, you bloody will not, or I will hunt you down. I've been watching a lot of burn notice recently. I'm interested in hunting people down. I know, it's a very edu- educational show, that is, for building stuff. Isn't it, though? <laughs> I assume most of it doesn't work because Homeland Security would normally be all over that. Yeah, who knew? Forget security door, just go six inches to the left where it's just plasterboard and you can shoot right through him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. There is a lot of practical information in the show. Yeah. Uh, Plus, it's incredibly easy to watch. Oh, yeah. I enjoy Burn Notice. Get these nice little captions. And it's Bruce Campbell. I mean, what's (laughs) not? Oh, yeah, of course, Bruce. What's not to love about Bruce? Anyway, we've been nattering for almost half an hour. By the time we finish recording and I start cooking dinner, it should be ready around half five, at which point I'll be ravenous. Yes. Gatecast, recording schedule set by my stomach, which is large. You can leave that in. (laughs) Yeah, when it talks, you listen. (laughs) If it makes grumbling noises, I'll hold mic up to it. Okay. If we're three, if we're a doe, if we're a hen, wiki. Fade in on previously? Previously on Stargate SG-1. Oh, yeah. Yes, the X-302. The wings do look unfeasibly close to the ground, in fairness. I mean, 
If you got any amount of bounce on those turrets at all, you're going to start seriously losing control surfaces. I just don't see it happening. We've detected an energy buildup within the gate. The Tari are in danger. They are under attack from Anubis. We're going to blow up. Yeah. As I said for last week's episode, exploding Stargate's Dejafan Anubis. Oh my. This planet will be destroyed. Even if we do manage to contact the Asgard, there's a chance they won't be able to help us. Anubis has grown powerful, but still only defends a small handful of planets. If one of those Stargates also cannot be contacted, it is most likely the origin of the attack. I'm so delighted to get a Wizard of Oz reference. And you doubted me. <laughs> it was interesting that these previously bits are mostly put together by the editors, not by the directors. Hmm. I mean, Robert C. Cooper signs off on it, but I suppose the editors are more familiar with this work than anybody else. And now, the conclusion. Quick, anyway. Has a real flair for the dramatic, doesn't he? Very theatrical. Yeah, pretty much all the gold are like that. But why wait? Why does a guy show up a day and a half after this all starts to do his whole prepare to meet your doom thing? Ah, uh, okay. You're saying this is a mildly less annoying, okay? Yeah, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Nothing can stop the destruction that I bring upon you. And the gate shuts down. Oops, sorry, never mind. He gets more palatable every time he's on screen. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a nice count now. 54 hours or boom. When the gate was connected to the black hole, a shaped charge was used to disengage the wormhole. But so that was an outgoing wormhole. True, but it's possible. A blast would detonate the gate. Wait a minute. If you just let me finish. No, you're horribly wrong. Both of you, but you gave me an idea. And the two scientists. Scientist one, scientist two, Robert Clark and Robert Thurston. Mm-hmm. Martin Wood actually said he'd like to have used those actors again in these parts, but never did. Oh. Although both did appear as other roles in the franchise. You were saying? We send a massive EM pulse back through the wormhole, knock out whatever it is that's making this happen on the other end. He's got this smug, superior expression on his face still. He's sort of, the hand's going and the expression is, I'm far more intelligent than even you, Carter. You'll never live down the dumb blonde statement. Major, are you saying this absolutely won't work? What I'm saying, sir, is that we have absolutely no idea how much EM would be required to knock this thing out. So let's all just go home. How long will it take to set up? Four hours tops. Oh, dear. At this point, you see, McKay hasn't proven himself complete nitwit when it comes to ideas <laughs> that tend to blow things up. No, no, yeah, they half entire solar systems. Sam, on the other hand, she's done that. Well, she didn't. The uh, replacement for Hammond did. <laughs> she could have said no. Okay, do your thing. <laughs> Not really much to say about that because it's pretty much held over from Redemption Part One. First, uh, June fourteenth, two thousand and two. Robert C. Cooper and Martin Wood are responsible. Once again, a few more episodes that share the same title. It was a really long list. <laughs> Jag, Falcon Crest, Walker, Texas Ranger, Invasion, Tech War. Tech War? I don't think you mentioned Tech War last time. No, there may have been some duplications. It was a long list. <laughs> I still like this credit sequence. It looks nice. We just saw Corin Nemec's credit come up. I watched him in Drop Zone last night. Actually, I'm seeing developed for television now. Yes, that's because when his credit came up, I was talking about something else. Oh. Okay, I was just checking we were in sync, because I figured it was difficult for us to be not in sync if we were watching exactly the same file. That's one of the reasons I edit this podcast, so that if we are talking about something that's not on screen, when I edit it, we are talking about something that's on screen. I have tried to connect to this world twice now. It is the only one to which I cannot make contact. Then we must hope that is the location of the weapon. Is Rag still being a brat? Just a bit, yes. He's grown up now, he wants to go with the men, folk. If the ghoul truly can be defeated, then I wish to be a part of it. You said I could not judge this war, for I'd yet to fight a battle. You've trained me. Now let me fight. Yeah, that's different than saying you come along with us. He's probably strong for his age, he's been trained well. You said you did not doubt me. I do not. Then I will join you. He's going to be facing Jaffa in the prime. Yes. I thought Teok was a Jaffa in his prime. Yeah, and he'd make mincemeat of him, wouldn't he, really? Mm. Be quick. Assuming he actually, you know, hit back. Yeah, that helps. Very well. Sirs, I've calculated that opening the iris will increase the flow of energy to the gate by at least ten times. Now, if this doesn't work, we'll be cutting as much as half the remaining time before the gate detonates. No better idea yet? No. Didn't you get it, Jack? I mean... The entire episode last week, Sam was saying, I don't know what to do, we're all going to die. <laughs> Nothing much has changed. Yes, sir. I mean, this plan's crazy, you know. 
at the moment we're surviving this long because we're limiting the amount of energy thanks to the iris and let's open the iris cargo ship with bomb things don't play with the explosive devices Raya <laughs> okay I know what I'm doing we are approaching the planet Serious weak point in the cloaking system. Said it like that's done. Oh dear. That's a blockade. <laughs> that's a bad day, that is. You know, Kapla. Come on, there's obvious parallels between the uh, Klingons and the Jaffa. We must hope to catch any Jaffa on the ground by surprise. At least in their whole way of the. Oh dear. You just want to be able to take credit for it when it works. For the record, I hate you. Well, it can't get any worse than can it? That's a big, shiny metal thing. This is one of the problems of the episode. They had 54 hours to save the Earth, and yet somehow they've commandeered or built this EM generator, got it down into level 28. Before I take the credit for this, shouldn't the EM pulse generator be pointed at the gate? <laughs> You're good. Very good. Martin Wood said he wasn't happy with this scene. Both the characters had lines that were meant to be funny, but it didn't Very suit flat. the... Yeah. I like the I'm walking up to the spies. You are to remain on board with Chakrell. Why? One day you will be a great warrior. This day the danger is too great. I am prepared to die. That's a good thing in a warrior, but you really you want the warrior to survive so he can fight again. Mm. I am not prepared for you to die. <laughs> How is that possible? Yeah. Guess what? Anubis can... Anubis That's it. Well done, Breakdown. Thank you. <laughs> I am decloaking and diverting power to shots. Cargo ship doesn't have weapons, does it? No, it doesn't. Were that bits of the ship that they shot off floating in front of the camera there? <laughs> no, it's touch into it. Entering range of surface rings. Duke! Is it not equally dangerous on this ship as it will be on the planet? Go. I will do my best to return for you. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> If I stay here, they're shooting at us. If I go down there, they're not shooting at me. Stay close to me. The forces on the ground may have been alerted to our presence. Hmm. Is that gone? Yippee. Pretty much guarantee they've got the ring surrounded. Oh, come on. They should not have had time to react. that he shot him without even looking here can do it over the shoulder you know quite easily this is really demonstrating the difference between the standard jafar and someone of braytac's level mm-hmm. braytac trains for his primes oh <laughs> nice it really should have you know weapons port at both ends of the staff yeah maximum flexibility you must move oh dear this won't go well of course it will mckay's thought of it <laughs> oh dear. It's great to have a set when you've got a door that big that you open down. Close the blast doors. Return the palsy thing again. Okay, perhaps it should have warmed up and then opened the iris so mm-hmm. you can fire it straight away. Yeah, that's the point. That's silly, isn't it? Energy transfer is increasing. Seven times greater. Eight. Ten. Go. Yeah, go. Do it. Activating electromagnetic pulse. You should have given Sam the autonomy. Autonomy, mm. yeah. To actually shut down everything and start everything by herself. I having to wait for McKay to say go. Mm. I mean, she should be shutting it down right now. Because I don't think it's working. Nice effect though, that is. Rainmaker Studios did all this. Close the iron. Yeah, touch the metal box. <laughs> We're offline. She's not going to be happy when she wakes up, is she? Medical team to the control room. She's going to wake up, isn't she? You better hope she doesn't. Sure, though, it's difficult for Silo to press his hand to Amanda's neck. 
how many people watching this would have gone, I'll do that. That's not a neck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, further up, further down. Yeah, don't take a pulse there. <laughs> Inside the thigh is a good place to take the pulse. At least we don't have to tidy the room up, because we're all going to be dead in, uh, in mm. 35, 36 hours. We must stay under cover. Many gliders patrol the skies. This wound is not small. You must be in great pain. Nothing I cannot bear. Doesn't that look remarkably like the branch and wood construction that they used for the uh, sentinel thing near the cave? It wouldn't surprise me if it was shot at the same location. There's at least eight of them. Ten. How did neither of you get hit? It is always more difficult to hit a moving target. It is also helpful to be lucky. Either way, it's dense and high enough that it shades three shiny people. There's little time to waste. You think Braytek would actually, you know, black up his skull cap a bit, a bit of camouflage, makeup on it. We see a bit of uh, light reflecting off something. We think, ah, binoculars. You see that, you think, oh god, it's Braytek. Ah, outside night shot. And her hand looks so delicate. Is McKay feeling sorry now? Hi. Oh man, I was just starting to feel better. <laughs> you gonna be okay? <laughs> At least until the gate explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I didn't. Never meant for anyone to get hurt, much less you. It's okay, we had to try something. I just wanted to be a pianist. <laughs> Excuse me? Concert pianist. You know, the guy plays piano in front of lots of people. Right. What do you think I said? Never mind. Yes. <laughs> I had a not-so-comfortable childhood. My parents hated each other and blamed me. This is a great scene, but as pointed out by Martin... With the countdown still going, would you really waste the time? It's a nice little character piece. And I suppose at this point, if you hadn't seen Corin's name in the credits, you think, well, McKay, the way they're writing him now, could actually step up and be the next member of SG-1. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you have a good dynamic with Jack. Why? Hospital gowns turn me on. Sam just got electrocuted by God knows how many thousand volts. She's looking pretty good. <laughs> I turned to science because I thought it would be different than music, but it isn't. It's just the same. It's just as much of an art as anything else. Look, it's not your fault that the EM pulse didn't work. You're an artist, Major. Maybe the best I've ever seen. I'm just critical because I'm jealous. I'm touched, really. Wish I had a brilliant plan to draw for you. And you're funny, too. Even electrocuted. Me, I got... I got nothing. <laughs> you're creeping me out, McKay. It's just self-preservation. See, I'm beginning to realize that I'm not going to solve this and that one of your typically insane ideas is probably going to be our best chance. He's a bit out of his depth. Mind you, as, as we come to know later on, he, he's not... <laughs> I don't really know how to describe McKay. <laughs> You'll find out eventually. What now? Well, first I thought I'd get dressed. Right. Good idea. <laughs> Carry on. Leave. Right. Do you want me to hold anything or get... <laughs> yeah, she thought about slapping him, but yeah. <laughs> How do you stealthily run through underbrush? In armor. Hey, he's got a school bag. Ooh. Oh, this. I remember this. There's a credit sequence for season seven, I think. It's a nice sweeping tracking shot, isn't it? It's all CG here, too. It is, but the problem is, it hasn't got any sense of scale, has it? Well, you've got the gate. You know how big the gate is. Yeah, but that's the problem. The gate is so small in this shot. Everything else looks normal size, but the gate ends up looking like about a foot high. <laughs> the one Adriana built for me is about seven inches across. Yeah. An advanced race of beings who long ago created the Stargates. But I thought that... The Goa'ul steal their technology and claim it as their own. If this is not Goa'ul technology... And Anubis has merely learned to operate it. says it all, Martin Wood actually said he wished he'd have built that design as model work. So you could get the scale properly? Yeah. I mean, that is the main reason they do models, isn't it? Yeah, he believes it adds more depth and more weight to something that you build. Even a modern-day movie, you see some fantastic CGI, but it's CGI, so you're not impressed anymore. You get something like the movie Moon, where you had little models on the moon, it looked fantastic, because it probably was model work. Mm-hmm. If we encase the gate in a trinium alloy, it could reduce the effects of the explosion by as much as 40%. There isn't time to implement that plan. If we detonate the gate ourselves right now, we could reduce the eventual damage by as much as 20%. Well, the damage to the planet's atmosphere would still be irreversible. Any survivors would be stuck on a world incapable of sustaining life as we know it. So far, we've been unsuccessful in our attempts to reduce the energy. Of all... What you thinking? 
Besides the fact that these guys are morons? What do you think the little alien guy's doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> little alien guy? Jonas? <laughs> Why is he standing there in the radiation drinking coffee? Hot chocolate? Oh. No, Jonas is probably hot chocolate. Well, well, there's no radiation as such. And he's got his notebook. They pointed out every time you see Jonas in the early episodes, he's always eating or drinking something. Is he actually shorter than Sam, or is it just the way he's standing on the ramp? Because Sam appears taller there, or at least of a height, and I'm sure that's a deliberate framing thing. Yeah. Your mark is there, my mark is back here. What are you doing? You know, it's the stupidest thing, but it's been bugging me since I got here. What's that? We're inside a mount. Come on, Sam, come on. The gate obviously can't fit through any of these doors. So how did we get it in here? Yeah. The ceiling retracts. Above it is a shaft that leads to the surface, and inside is a crane mechanism that hoisted the gate down. Interesting. Yeah. Does it go up? Okay, moving the gate won't shut it off. I mean, there is nowhere on Earth that... Well done. There we go. Bing! Yeah, if the gate's going to blow up, let's move the gate. Yeah. I know you think of something. So simple. Indeed. Did she just smack him with a damaged hand? <laughs> He's got the adult equivalent of a sippy cup. Now that looked like it only extended to the top of the tower, so in theory you could climb over it. The shoe most likely extends around the perimeter of the weapon. The path. Just hear me out, people. All we need to do is get it far enough away from Earth. Now, the X-302 can still achieve that without having to enter hyperspace. See, now that's crazy. The scientists don't look convinced. <laughs> that guy's expression was like, you're insane. Jonas, still drinking. Area 51. The 747 meets us in Nevada, which leaves us 16 hours to get the whole rig mounted and airborne. And none of this is going to happen if we're all just standing around here. I think that this is going to save the planet, and we are going to do it. Move, people. Move it, so we swivel around in the chairs. <laughs> well done, Make a note of that. 24 hours and all the work they've got to do to make what's coming next work. Really, what choice have we got? You do realise that if this works, we won't have a Stargate anymore. It did occur to me. Yeah, you're not really going to cry about nothing in Stargate if the Earth's still there, are you? Yes. I don't know. Some of, some of these Jaffar, they really are idiots. They can't be Anubises. They must be draftees. Well, I guess they're sort of mindless servants to a god. Yeah, but we've seen... Oh, now this is better. Yes. They were sacrificial Jaffar. Yeah, they were probably drafted in from another system lord. Mm-hmm. Whereas these uh, Anubises, as shown by the Jackal tattoo, so much better if they actually shot them. Yeah, this is Sergeant Siler. We're ready. Activate the crane. Now make note of what that iris is made out of and ignore the fact that it's actually vibrating as it's being lifted up. <laughs> Almost as if it were made out of plywood. It's not made out of plywood. It's made out of trinium. <laughs> Isn't it? Didn't they replace the titanium one with the trinium one? Yeah. Full disclosure of the X-302 technology, we are willing to facilitate the use of our Stargate. Facilitate? A financial arrangement to be negotiated. Rent to Stargate. <laughs> you want us to rent it? A simplistic way of putting it. The X-302's hyperspace technology doesn't work. It will someday. Who would have thought the Russians would have been so catalytic? Because my government is unwilling to incur the expense and risk of running a Stargate program such as this. We are simply trying... Here's to... the part you obviously don't understand. <laughs> Even if, and I stress if... We're able to successfully dispose of this gate. There's nothing to stop Anubis from starting all this over again with the second gate. No one's going to be running a Stargate program, Colonel. The second gate has to stay buried. Well said, General. <laughs> and we got back to A story number two. Yes, it's a grenade. Look who this is. It's a communication device. Push the. Oh, God, it's him. What did you hope to accomplish here? Do you really think you could destroy something created by a god as powerful as Anubis? He did not create the weapon, and he is not a god. Yes, Aaron Douglas. Bit lighter. Yeah, a lot lighter. Your god may have been weak, Shova. Mine is not. If you know of me, then you know of our cause. The Jaffa Rebellion grows strong. This scene was actually shot after the main episode because it had run short. Mm. Despite that, I mean, it's shot on a stage, but mm. I think it, it looks beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. The next time you open your mouth to speak, you will be to answer my questions. You got the shadows and the little highlights in the area. Mm-hmm. Looks like he uses Brill Cream, but do they still sell Brill Cream? We know there are three of you. Where's the boy? Oh yeah. Yeah, he smacked Teal twice. He's gonna suffer for that. Evidence. I'm not desperate your pathetic little rebellion is. <laughs> pathetic? You bring a boy to fight the war of men. <laughs> or is it something else? <laughs> He actually deserved more screen time, to be honest. Mm. I think as Jaffa's go, this was a pretty nice little role for him. Yeah, he's an orange. Bring me the old man. Over the boy is he will not escape. Unlike you, he's of little value to Anubis. However, on your behalf, I'll be happy to demonstrate to him how a real warrior fights. To the death. Again, it shows... That's the kind of look Teok gave. What's his face? Tanith. Yes, Tanith. Thank you. Is there anything else I should know? Well, there's some concern that the 302s may not have the fuel capacity to exit the atmosphere carrying the weight of the Stargate. How is that possible? (laughs) The engines were designed for a craft with an alien inertial dampening system that effectively reduced its overall mass. Yes, and? We'd be carrying a very heavy load. How heavy? Gate weighs 64,000 pounds, sir. That's heavy. And you'll need to reach an altitude exceeding 180 kilometers. At minimum escape velocity before I release the gate or it'll fall back to Earth. I know. I know. Now, if you haven't seen this corridor before, that's because it's new. Like they've put some extra walls in to make it look different. I see. Well, this isn't to level 25, you see. That's the key. It's got paintings and things. Well, yeah, this is more like an administration level. Carter, I'm not so sure I want to know any of this. They're working on lightening the 302, but that's why you're going on. I mean, believe it or not, every pound counts. Shouldn't have had that cake. <laughs> cake. <laughs> yeah, that's going to make all the difference, Jack, to your reaching orbit. Still got the black and yellow shapey stuff, though. Yeah, and it's got fancy green lights in the walls. That's uh, probably no purpose. Anything else? Well, sir, if this works, Jonas really deserves... What? Deserves what? I don't know. Something. I mean, he's the one who gave me the idea to do this. Sir, he gave up everything to bring us the Nequadria. The hyperspace generator doesn't work. That's not his fault. You said it weren't level 25. I said it wasn't level 28. Oh, sorry. Obviously it's level 25, green. Hey, what could go wrong, huh? This is something I totally missed. Jack stepped into an elevator and it doesn't close. And that actual point was made by Richard Dean Anderson at the time. And he was told, well, your foot's blocking the door. <laughs> so he says, well, shouldn't it make a noise as it tries to close? And he says, no, we're going to ignore that. <laughs> and then you get this ad lib, what could go wrong? And starts hitting the control panel. Absolutely bloody genius. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't appreciate that as anything but scripted by the writers, if it weren't for the commentary. Okay, then. Funky lights. Yes, and the little hole in the shield. It's amazing they didn't go through that the first time. I mean, when they saw it first. Well, that's the way they decided to sneak through. Then they got ambushed, which, hey, guess what? The one place that you can get through a shield and they ain't got guards. Mm. They have guards now. Now, you've got to love that shot. Would you believe they got that shot purely by accident? What, the effect with the sun and that? Yep. Andy Makita and Andy Wilson, normally second unit, actually went just to get some footage of the the planes as they were literally, you know, being prepped to uh, go back to America. Mm. And they just happened to be shooting as the sun rose behind them. An artistic shot like that in a theatrical movie would probably take two days to prep. And there he is in the Tron outfit. <laughs> Jack doesn't look enthusiastic. Mm. So once you re-enter the atmosphere, you're going to have to eject. That is after you target the 302 to splash down off the coast of Florida. Just when were you going to tell me this part? Just now. We weren't entirely sure any of this was going to happen until five minutes ago. You're not going to believe this. Now remember how long they had to set this up. Mm. Holy crap. Why is he being driven to the... Because it's half a mile away and, and they're running short of time, damn it. <laughs> He's driving himself. I didn't see a driver in there. Well, it must be because a Canadian drives on the left, don't they? Do they? Well, yeah, it's not like Britain. 
So they drove. No, we drive on the left. They drive on the right. The steering wheel's on the left. Okay, it seems awfully small. The X302 is quite large. You see a modern jet fighter flying around. You think, oh, it's not very big. Then you see it on the ground with somebody standing on the wing. You go, Christ Almighty! They're huge. Are they about thirty foot long? They are about thirty foot long. Yeah. You see a man standing next to the tail fin, and it's as tall as he is. Okay, and away we go. They're airborne, sir. Mission command, we're approaching separation altitude. In the background, you can see Larry Murphy, played by Christopher Kennedy, who happens to be just down the hall in another room, so they could record his footage live. Okay, and away we go. Keep talking, Jack. (laughs) This is dead air. Colonel confirming altitude at 10,000 meters. Yeah, roger that. This is Mission Command. You have a go for separation, Starflight. Proceeding with separation. I haven't really got much choice now, have they? Mm-hmm. Yes or no, guys? Yes or no? Why is he tilting forwards? I'm not sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that indicate he's going down? Luck, traditionally the way these yoke go, you pull back to go up, push forward to go down. 30 kilometers. Velocity at Mach 6, gauging aerospike engines. It's a bit surprising that, of all the pilots in the Air Force, Jack's the one that's doing this. Well, you know, otherwise it'd be kind of deviation from plot. I know, obviously, that the narrative reasons for having the main cast do pretty much everything, but you'd think there'd be people better suited. I mean, the 302 must have been undergone some other sorts of testing and pilots being trained on simulators for months before it actually rolled off the production line. Yes. Altitude is 42 kilometres. He needs to reach 50 before he can fire the main rocket engine. Shocker. The general seems surprised. Everything works. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Command, I've got a master caution alarm. Roger that, Starflight. Losing power. Starflight, your altitude is only 48 kilometers. Full port engine failure starboard at 6-0%. Preparing to ignite rocket booster. You're still too low, Starflight. I'm losing velocity, Command. I'm going to start losing altitude. Man, please advise. Okay, Starflight. Go with main engine burn. Roger. Hmm. Rocket burn. A nice shot of a fuzzy green field. Velocity is 25,000 kilometers per hour. 28. He's got to reach 40 and sustain it for at least 15 seconds now. Main engine burn at 100%. Velocity approaching 40,000 kilometers per hour. Altitude 120 kilometers. Five, six, seven. Preparing to release the gate, command. Not yet, Starflight. I'm burning out here. <laughs> yeah. It is okay for re entry. Yeah. Mm. All right, that's it. I'm out of gas. Starflight, your altitude is 130 kilometers. He's not going to make it. Velocity is slowing rapidly. He had to fire the rocket booster too early. It didn't work? He's going to fall back to Earth, sir. Yeah, how does this thing fly as a glider? Not Hmm. very well. Not with a Stargate underneath it, anyway. Got any ideas? Anybody want to wish me luck? We're working on it. Oh, thank you very much. Based on altitude, angle of ascent, and current velocity, he's going to hit the coast of Europe in 35 minutes. I suppose I'm grateful if he's going to hit the coast of uh, China or Russia. It could be a third world war. Why would we do that? So you could drop the gate in the Atlantic. I'm figuring there's time for it to sink maybe two, 3,000 feet. Will that do any good? It's enough to reduce the effects of the devastation. By how much? Not much, sir. Enough that it's worth a shot, isn't it? Hmm. There they are. Just having a casual walk in the evening. Minding their own business. Hmm. Oh, Stuka. <laughs> nice to see the Jaffa on the receiving end of this for a change. It is a bit, isn't it? But once again, the uncanny ability of some people to fly well and shoot well and others not. Yes. 
Rayak. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just shoot my chains. Free me from bondage. But he's not free from bondage. He's like, yeah, he's having a great time. I'm not even going to ask where the hell he learned to fly a glider. That's the Braytac, of course. Yeah, but where do you get one from? Come on. I know Braytac's got contacts, but... Going to have to put the X-302 into a nosedive, and... What? Starflight, that's all we got. They did not make them as they once did. What about the hyperdrive? Colonel, it didn't work. We just don't know where it'll send me, right? Who cares, as long as it's a galaxy far, far away. He's right. <laughs> uh, the window formed. It was just unstable. Colonel... We don't have the slightest idea what would happen if we tried to open a hyperspace window within the atmosphere. Yeah, well, given the situation... Man up, Larry. <laughs> Go for it. Yes, Eric. We're taking it under advisement. Please stand by, Starflight. Major, I can make a call. Do it, sir. You haven't really got time to take things under advisement. <laughs> no. I'd imagine not. I mean, this is deranged. You're talking about creating an interdimensional field around an already highly charged Stargate with an unstable and completely unpredictable burst of energy. Knowing what we know about McKay, this is just hilarious. He's actually counselling against doing crazy things. What chance do we have of that? Well, maybe we can reduce the risk a little. How? Well, the instability of the Nequadria is... Is relative to the size of the burst you're trying to extract. We don't actually have to send the gate across the galaxy, do we? Even a second in hyperspace potentially gets us millions of miles. Make the call. Hmm. Yes, Jonas, you'll learn that you rarely get to take credit for your own ideas around Sam. No, it's all Sam's fault. Yeah, you've got to write it down, get it noted and send it off for verification before you suggest anything. Hmm. Okay, we have order, Starflight. We're going to try it your way. Thank you. Run me through it. Sir, we're going to have to override the safety protocol that will cause the 302 to avoid an unstable wormhole. We think that we can greatly increase the chance of this working by only activating the generator for one second. Unfortunately, it wasn't programmed to work for such a short time. Hang on. Oh, how many lines of code is that then? Character <laughs> programmer extraordinaire. He's falling. All right, well, in the meantime, I'll just keep falling. Yes, Jack. It's fortunate that he's not falling very fast. Well, it's theory aerodynamic control surfaces. I'm not sure I like the idea that Ryak saves the day. Other ship after. Ah, oh, that's okay then. Shoot him down. I may not have time to eat this stew. I'm hungry enough that I need to eat something now. <laughs> It'll take at least 20 minutes to chop and prepare vegetables and another hour and a half to cook it. Well, nibble on a carrot while you're chopping. They're pre-chopped. Oh. Well, they're whole carrots, but they're very small carrots, they're in jar. I wanted to say we're so prepped on. The only thing I have to actually chop up is potatoes and onions. Yeah, that's crazy of me. <laughs> Roger that. You won't have much time. I know. Sir, if this works. I know. Sir? What? Good luck. Why did that drop from ten to one hour so quickly? The timeline for this episode must make really interesting reading. Activating hyperspace generator. Now. Like that's gonna help. I mean, seriously. If you're gonna reject from an aircraft, then you might as well put your visor down, aren't you? Wee! My God, it worked. Yeah, it's gone, Captain. This is Observer One. Visual confirmation: the X-302 has entered the hyperspace window. Apollo 13, silence. Colonel. Colonel, do you read? Funnily enough, that explosion looked more real than the planes. Yeah. This is Observer 1. There is no sign of a shoot. There is, however, a light show going on up here. It worked. Deep Space is estimating that the gate detonated over 3 million miles from Earth. And once again, I bet nobody on the planet actually notices that. I have a visual on a shoot. Moving in for confirmation. Mission command, the cockpit module is intact. We're pinpointing splashdown position. Patching in satellite image. Hey! <laughs> Observer 2, power rescue team is on the way. Roger that. Colonel O'Neill is conscious and waving. <laughs> yes. Stock footage, anybody? Yeah, because that wouldn't be satellite imagery because it appears to be from one side. Satellite images is strictly from the top. <laughs> power rescue? Let us hope it is not too late. Nice touch. I actually remembered to shut down the gate, which is something they forgot on a scene earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Boom. Now, unfortunate that whatever powers this system didn't blow up just then and take the whole planet with it. Mm. 
let's face it, power generation the ancients uses is uh, quite immense. Hmm. See, things stuck up top ground. No, yeah, yeah. Point, they don't actually know that actual weapon's been destroyed. Huh. So that's it? You're just giving up, closing the shop? Well, at least until we find a way to defend ourselves against this kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't take you long? Yeah, right. I thought you'd be happy. Hey, I never said we shouldn't use the Stargate. Use up again. <laughs> well, uh, let me know if I can help. I will. Thanks. Oh! That means you don't hate me. Maybe. Too bad for you. Why? I was more attracted to you when I did. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just teasing. Oh, yeah. She's female. What women do. Oh, I'm going to keep her too much. You get to know why, pardon. Here's that one. <laughs> you can have any assignment you want. Actually, I've always wanted to command my own boat. The Navy? Not something a little smaller, with oars. Please leave it in. Might be worth it. Yes, you can have all the holes you want, Jack. <laughs> you sure you want to take this with you, sir? We're close for business. Yes, <laughs> that might be a slight hickle. <laughs> we don't know how long it's going to be before we can re-establish the Stargate program. Don't worry, you'll be back in business in yeah. seven days. Actually, I just meant it says property of U.S. Air Force on it. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel responsible for the team stranded off-world, but there's nothing... It's the red telephone. He uses that red phone for everything. Mm. It's kind of lost its mystique. <laughs> I've saved the day. Yeah. What's up? Go ahead, they're all here. General Hammond. Teal'c. O'Neill. It's good to hear you are well. Mm. The weapon being used by Anubis has been destroyed, but we feared it was too late for the Tari. Yeah, I was close there for a minute. We're approaching a cargo ship. Request permission to land. No reds aware of their approach, sir. Fortunate we've got such deep space reconnaissance. It is, in fact, Ryak who deserves the honor. Oh, blush. Oh. I think we should give the honor to Braytak because he must have trained him, because I'm sure Ryak shouldn't have been able to fly and shoot that well. Hmm, you should apparently a lot of the fully trained job of other What exactly did we give the Russians? Good old American dollars, Major. You're kidding. And the plans for the X-302 and 303. Really? And one more thing. And this is a scene where Neil Dennis got his nickname, Boots. Master Braytag taught me well. I hope to be as good as my father one day. Just know that no one is that good. It also helps to be lucky. Don't I know that? Listen, you sure you don't want to stick around for a while? Kind of hang out? Ryak has chosen to help Braytag spread the word of our cause. It's good to see you again. Shot the scene a number of times, so he lifted his feet up a bit more. Ended up using that shot with the boots. They did have tidied up the gate room, although the walls look a little bare. Hmm. Carter told me everything you did to help out. We all appreciate it. Thanks a lot. See you later. Oh, that's not... He's really quite nasty, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Not a day goes by when I don't think about what happened. I stood by and watched while he saved my people from disaster. It should have been me who jumped through the glass, disarmed the device, and he's gone because I didn't. You have to live with that. So do I. You want me to make you feel better? It wasn't your fault. I don't blame you. If I could go back and change what happened, I would do that, but I can't. All I can do is try and change what happens from now on. I don't want you to exonerate me. I just want to be given the opportunity to prove that I can make a difference. No one's going to replace my Daniel. This is actually as non-pleasant as Cart ever gets. Pretty much so, yeah. He's not his cheerful self. I think the word we're yoking for is perky. I'm not comfortable using perky with a man. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Well, that's because the only term you apply perky to is... That was actually the same elevator they used in last week's episode where the little gust of wind run through his hair. Is that you've saved the planet award? Part of the deal to get the Russian Stargate involved agreeing to let one of their officers join SG-1. You stopped the planet blowing up. Have a trophy. This is the thanks I get for saving the world again. I'm sorry, Jack. You're going to have to live with this. Yeah. <laughs> Jack refused to go, so the general picked it up for him. Give them their own unit. They'd be happy with that, wouldn't they? What about SG-1? Yeah, that's it. You've saved the world. Now you have to have a Russian on the team. Actually, General, I've already chosen our new team member. Come on, General. That's leverage you want. Mm. Russian or Jonas? Take your pick. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And if you can remember back to the opening episode... Have a look. Uh, you might want to lose the helmet. Daniel's first mission, he had a helmet? This is exactly the same shot, same scene. Mm. Helmet, axe. SG-1, you have a go. Thank you, sir. And, of course, we have the seminal sort of four of them. Yep, walk through the gate. Exactly what Martin would wanted, so he shot it exactly the same. There are little steps behind it there. Would it be a rush to stand behind the gate when it wishes? <laughs> and that was Redemption Part 2. Indeed. Which we didn't record for you. <laughs> yeah, so what uh, you may not hear was halfway through, well, about two-thirds of the way through, we had to start recording again, although not from the start, thankfully. Hmm. Okay, then. In Surprisingly, in view of polls, the second part of Redemption gets higher ratings than the first part, although I, I don't think there's really that much to choose from them. Well, you say, you'd probably give the first part more because there's more space scenes in the first one. Uh, could be. Although we do get some nice little battle scenes between Tilt, Braytac and Ryak. You know, you do actually see Jafar warriors as you expect they should be. What, getting a crack picked out by Tilt? No, but that's <laughs> not what they should be like. <laughs> You can understand why they have such basic battle strategy, you know, uh, a thousand of them, a thousand of us, and rush each other. Because when you do get one trained well, you know, he can take out a dozen of them all by himself. You know, Tilk and Breitak, <laughs> they're pretty much special forces, Jafar. <laughs> Black Ops, Green Beret. Well, Goldberry. I think that's it. That's probably why Tilk Breitak was first prime and Tilk became first prime. They were a, a step above any of the others. I always thought first primes didn't retire. They were killed gloriously in battle. Had a break unless you get retirement. We have seen in the past a system lord actually give honourable retirement to someone who served him well. And obviously the fact that Braytac was training his replacement and that replacement was trusted by Apophis. He was obviously younger, fresher, maybe yeah. proving himself in battle and that was his reward. One would think Jafar would be modelled on the wolf pack. You know, as in, uh, yes, you train your replacement, but when your replacement comes along, you, you die an honourable death by having him rip your throat out. <laughs> Obviously not literally, but... Well, you never know, really. <laughs> but someone like Braytac, too valuable a resource, especially if he could be used for training. Apophis didn't know that he was training him to rebel and, you know, not treat the ghoul as gods. Well, that's it. We've seen in previous episodes where Braytac pretty much man-managed Apophis. Mm-hmm. Instead of blowing up an entire planet just to wipe out one village or kill five men instead of wiping out a whole family or something. He's probably been able to change the politics of the system laws more just by influencing Apophis than anybody before him. As we've seen with Anubis, he seems to have much more intelligent, much more versatile Jaffa following him. And which is a shame because I think Aaron Douglas and his little uh, cameo there, I don't think his character actually had a name, but uh, it's a shame he wasn't seen again. Oh well, we can assume he was killed. Yeah, if we don't see him again, he got killed rather than uh, busy doing another show or something. Yes, heaven for a friend. Cast-wise, Redemption Part 2 is pretty much the same as Redemption Part 1, so there was no point in going through what everybody was doing there. <laughs> One thing I should have mentioned at the time, sure. for Larry Murphy, played by Christopher Kennedy, when he was walking Jack out in his silver suit, his whole technobabble speech was done in two takes. So Martin Wood praised him for that, and it was only two takes because right at the end, when he put his Air Force cap on, he put it on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that, you'd prep yourself, your big speech, and you know, you you walked it through, you did it, you all this isms this and isms that, and right at the end, you put your cap on backwards. That's similar to the, it's uh, something JMS said in the commentary. There's a Babylon 5 episode where Myra Furling gives this really long, sort of complicated speech, and then, if so be it, let it be broken, and snaps the staff. Oh, yeah. And the staff didn't actually break. 
So they, they, they had to cut away and saw halfway through it. She delivered the entire speech in one take. And then the staff would break. It's like, bloody non-compliant props. Funnily enough, strong props is not something I ever associated with Babylon 5. <laughs> you just basically hold this stuff gently because it'll break if you squeeze it too hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure Jack would have smashed up a lot of props on B5. Well, that's it. They went through a lot of staff weapons as well in, in SG-1, and even some of the actual ones that had the electronics built in. They really hammered them. Well, it's they are fun... hitting people with them. Not only that, when they actually hit people with staff weapons, most of the time you see them, it's the, the rubber prop weapons. Even now, it's still hilarious to see Jaffa warriors running around and the staff weapons are actually bending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stargate Wags says, Every time I hear Creedence Clearwater Revival song, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? I think of Stargate SG-1's last episode, Unending. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, around 2014 or so. <laughs> That's not a suggestion, by the way. You tweeted something, have you? Yes. Thanks for pretending to listen. <laughs> right, next week's episode is entitled Descent. SG-1 investigates an abandoned ghoul ship orbiting Earth. While they try to salvage the ship, saboteurs attack and the vessel plummets to Earth, deep into the ocean, with O'Neill and his crew trapped inside and time running out! Exclamation mark. There should be more exclamation marks, there's only one. No sentence is ever hurt by having an extra exclamation mark. And I quote Terry, three exclamation marks a sure sign of an insane mind. <laughs> this is an episode I do not remember a lot about. There's a photograph of O'Neill half-drowned. Yeah, I'm looking at it as we speak. Now, Frozen, I do remember. I remember Frozen very easily, but Descent I don't, which doesn't bode well. We'll see, we'll see. You're foreboding. Foreboding, yes. <laughs> Just say the word. Open the iris. Have we even had feedback since? On the Facebook page, Miles posted that he'd just finished watching the last episode of Stargate Atlantis. So he's basically gone through Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis in a few months. God bless him. In about two months, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I say we can talk about more about that when we get there, if we get there. That's a long way away yet. I also posted that Paul Mully and Joseph Malozzi, as we know, the writers and producers for SG-1, are working with Dark Horse Comics on a new graphic novel called Dark Matters, a science fiction adventure series. Might be interesting. I'm not a huge uh, comic book fan, but I've been known to dip in every now and again for specific issues. Abbey Rose Aragon's girl mentioned this, which I said at the start. You going to leave it and start? In the end, or do you want to say it again here? Yeah, you can say it again. After being hanging out with at Phase Dale, I will not listen to at the Gatecast the same way. Would you like to clarify that for listeners who don't know what the GWC Hangout is? It's a thing promoted by certain companies beginning with G, with up to ten people with voice and video. I was apparently practicing my evil laugh. Well, as the Americans would say, drunk off my ass. <laughs> Having finally seen Arrogance Girl, she looks about 12. Bless. Does she? Right. <laughs> she looks really, really young. She makes me feel old. My journey on under 30 makes me feel old these days. Come try ya! Hi, folks, and thanks for listening, downloading, etc., etc., etc. If you need to email us, the email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. If you need to find the podcast, somebody gave it to you, you got it through an automatic subscription, we're on iTunes as Gatecast. We're also listed on Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle. If you want to leave feedback, you can record an MP3 and email it to gatecastpodcast.gmail.com. You can also leave us feedback on the website, that's gatecast.phasecast.com. There is the Facebook group, which is The Gatecast. And finally, you can also tweet us with the Gatecast on Twitter as well. Thank you very much for listening and hope to hear from you next week. Okay then, folks, that was Redemption Part 2. Next week, as Alan says, uh, we'll be covering Descent, Season 6, Episode 3. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Thank you.